This is the Untitled Film Project podcast. We're going to need guns. Lots of guns. Because we're talking John Wick 4. Legendary hitman John Wick takes the fight to the high table as he tries to break free of their clutches. But the price on his head gets higher as the high table forces his former friends and colleagues to hunt him down. John? Kane. They gave you my name. Yeah. I'm sorry. Me too. We'll get into John Wick 4. Some people saying the best of the franchise. We shall see. We'll also have the big question. What song, the second you hear it, reminds you of its movie? And we're also going to announce the winner of our John Wick Blu-ray giveaway. The first three films on Blu-ray to add to your collection. John Wick, Chapter 4, Initial Takes. Let's start with Jeremy Gover. Let's start with me because I have a unique uh, story about this movie. I knew we were going to go see John Wick 4, obviously, during the screener. Jimmy, you and I saw it together. And I happened to be home alone for that week. My wife and son went up to Ohio to visit her parents. And so I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch up on some movies. Knew I was going to go see John Wick 4. I'd only saw John Wick 1, but I'd only gotten through about... I'd say three-fourths of it. I was, it was okay, but it wasn't that great. I wasn't really interested. My mind was elsewhere. So I sat down. Okay, I'm, I'm committing to watch at least the first one. That'll give me some background when I go see four. And I enjoyed it. You know, you know nothing to write home about, but I was like, okay, held my interest. Let's just start two and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I watched two all the way through. I was like, all right, that's pretty good. You know what? Let's just start three before I go to bed. And I got through all three. Within 24 hours of seeing four, yes. Uh, so they were fresh. So they were fresh, right. And I can tell you... Four was the best of the four. I thought it was tremendous. So I, a movie that I started off, a franchise, that I started off being like, yeah, it's a mindless action. It's okay. I like a little story in my action. The only you know? mind is on the floor because it's been blasted through. Well, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> and that's where I felt mine was with the first movie. It's a pretty simple story. It was pretty Don't simple. Don't F with his dog. Yeah, exactly. that's, I know. And that's actually, that's a good point. That's actually another reason I didn't get through the first one. It's because I know this dog dies early. But I couldn't get past a dog dying. The image of a dog dying, especially yeah. in that manner. And I'm a dog guy. I do not watch dog movies typically because of bad things happening, and it wrecks me. For Homeward weeks. Bound, though, is it, a good. You know, that's that's a great dog movie. I prefer Milo and Otis, but that's just me. okay. I'm just saying. And by the way, if you had Milo and Otis on your bingo card, congratulations. <laughs> or Homeward Bound for that. <laughs> that's true. It's a good point. Turkey. <laughs> but so, you're not you're not watching Marley and Me because you know how no. it is. Whoa, I'm not whoa, watching whoa, Marley. Whoa, and, no, no not, I'm not watching Marley and Me. That's out of the question. Anyway, long story short is I love John Wick Four. I thought it was the best of the four movies, even though it was the longest. And I I, I felt that I felt the length of it for sure, but I still had a great time in the theater. I thought by all accounts that this movie franchise would and should be dead at this point. I mean, and a, with and, a headshot to the skull. Exactly. No, a gun thrown at it. That, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I liked the original John Wick. I, I kind of appreciated the simplicity of it. So I went into this thinking, well, they're really going to have to up their game. And from the opening shot through the end of the movie, I thought they did. This movie was terrific. Keanu Reeves, I don't know if he just got a, a you know a glamour title as a producer on this one, but uh, there were several producers on this movie. 
it needed to up its game, and that's how these movies work. You've got to show me something new. You've got to show me something beautiful, and I've got to be invested. And I was all three of those. So I just enjoyed this movie so much. And in fact, a lot of it I thought was just plain gorgeous. I'll get into it more in depth. Justin Bradford, what'd you think? John Wick 4 is action movie, samurai movie, western movie, perfection. Perfection? Perfection. Not personified. Perfection. No, it's perfection. Holy crap. Because... I've heard that a lot. I've heard masterpiece thrown out a lot. It's a masterpiece in those elements of film because of how they're able to draw from all three types of films. And we know, I mean, there's crossover between all three types, right? Sure. You have action in all those, but... When you have your different standoff scenes, mm-hmm. very Western. Even the music mimics Western in yeah. some of these standoff scenes. And then you have your certain fight sequences that are 100% samurai, which is another type of Western as well. And then you have your pure action sequences that are fully choreographed fight sequences, amazing stunt work, right. all those types of things. Cars, Throwing together cars, you're, you're dip diving between vehicles and you're getting hit by vehicles or on the stairway scene, all these types yep. of things that are action sequences or with little dialogue, but just kill them. <laughs> Everybody keeps coming. <laughs> but it's perfection and how it personifies all three of those genres because it does it so well and you can tell they're so hyper aware of what type of movie they are and what they're presenting to the audience and what the audience wants. This whole series of John Wick films gives the audience exactly what they want. They're giving them lore. They're giving them action. They're giving them minimum dialogue, but just enough character building to where you feel connected to John Wick and what he's fighting for with very little dialogue. You understand his character, what he stands for, what he's fighting for, all of that. You know who he's up against. You know who the bad guys are. It feels like a video game in essence of those earlier first-person shooters, too, with some of the overhead views, the cinematography I love, and Gover is fanatically pointing at his computer screen. We were saying the same thing. uh, I love that so much, where the overhead views, it almost feels like you know Zelda as well, (laughs) and you're playing that, and you're going between the different rooms, but then it just fades down into the three-dimensional world. So much of this, but also in the first-person shooters where you have to get through certain waves, whether you're playing Star Wars Battlefront or any shoot-em games, you get the first waves of henchmen that come in okay you're done with that level okay and then you got to get the next wave and then it upgrades again and then you have your big bad and then you go to the next level then it gives you some story i love that because it keeps you fully in tune with what's going on you're in and you're dived into the story so much and then it pulls you back you build a little bit more the story moves on and then you jump right back in and this one especially because the way they finalize at least the john wick part of this you know there's a there's closure coming as well, and they're building to that. That's overall why I say it's perfection, because you get so much story within three genres of film within one, and I absolutely loved it. I think uh, the lack of dialogue in this case helps make Keanu Reeves a more mythic figure. 100%. Where you can say, oh, he's not the greatest actor, and you know he just, just delivers his lines. But like we... He's earned that right that we give him now to like, okay, just give me those lines and give it to me in the most Keanu way you can, <laughs> and I'm happy. The same, same thing we do with Nicolas Cage. You know what I mean? There's some things like, okay, that, that, uh, he's over the top ridiculous or something like that. But like we have given him the license to do that, and we want it. And I, that, that's what I got out of Keanu Reeves in this movie. 
go deeper into John Wick Chapter 4. Jeremy Gover, what do I love? You guys know me well enough to probably answer this question. Listeners might even, too, if they've listened to the show for any length of time. What is the number one thing I look for when I go see an action movie? Cool new ways to kill people. That is correct. Creative deaths. Thank you, Jimmy. (laughs) Sound the winner, winner alarm, because that's exactly the correct answer. Creative deaths. I've seen my fair share of action movies. I know what impresses me and what doesn't, but the bottom line of every action movie, and I'm not talking about superhero movies, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about act, just action, true lies, Yep. right? Like just, Of course he has to bring up true lies, well, and yeah. he wants the remastered <laughs> edition I of do. it. Uh, you brought blah, it up this blah, time. Blah, blah, this, blah. Time. this is how good it's working. He's doing it for me. <laughs> James Cameron, please, God, just approve the truth it. So I've seen everything, or at least I think I've seen everything. So when I go see an action movie, which is just killing an action, yep. I want to see something I haven't seen before. This gave it to me. I still, in the fourth edition of this franchise, I still got new and interesting ways to kill people, and I give it full props for that. As established in the first three films, John Wick is one of the most accurate shots ever. Yet in the opening frame, he misses a guy by seven feet. <laughs> just... <laughs> It, there's a note of mine. I don't know why. Tell him he's riding the horse. Yeah. Oh wait. I mean, they're riding wait, horses. Wait. I understand wait. that, but he's he's picking off guys left and right, and then all yeah, of a sudden it's seven feet off. wide. No, it's he's he's riding horses in the desert. Yeah. Against other people riding horses. A yes. three like he's wearing a black three piece suit. Suit. Yes. Vest, tie, everything. Sure. In the desert. Right. But the other shots were fine. God, how much did you take off for that one? I didn't. I'm just. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I brought it up. Uh, so my last note here for my deeper dive is let's hear it for Curate Mway. In Rogue One, Donnie mm-hmm. Yen is oh, awesome as a blind Jedi. I am one with Force. The Force is one with That's me. correct. And he is in this as a blind character to the point where I'm thinking, is he really blind? He's not really. But I'm saying, right. like, is he really right. blind? Right. Like, that's crazy. So, but I, he was outstanding. And I would be, venture to say I would line up to go see John Wick 5 slash whatever they're going to call it. If he got the spinoff series, I he is he sells tickets for me. He stole the show. He in is many great. Parts of this Absolutely movie, did. Absolutely wonderful. So, uh, sure, I'm sorry, Donnie Yen is oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. So, along with the casting, I I love how we got to see Hiroyuki Sonata, Donnie Yen, mm-hmm. uh, in there as well. Like yes. two fantastic samurai action stars yeah. as well with, with their fight sequences, the choreography. Uh, we we got to see Hiroyuki in Bullet Train as well, if, if those of yep. you remember, I, which I fairly liked, if yeah. these two hated. Uh, but Donnie Yen <laughs> overall. A word, but yeah, we didn't care. You didn't care for right, it. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fun at least. But Donnie Yen, again, he stole the show so much because when you think of the level of acting he's having to portray, plus the stunt work that he's pulling off as well too, which yeah. I don't know off the top of my head if he did everything or not, but either way, you could tell he was doing so much of his own in there because he's done it before, like with Rogue One and so many other movies that we don't even see in the U.S. Right. That so, he's been a part of. I would venture to say that if you told me there was a, another Donnie Young movie coming out that was not part of the John Wick series or Star Wars, but he <laughs> played a guy who was blind, who was lethal, i go, yeah, I'm in. I'm in, I'm Let's in go too. See oh, it. yeah. Yeah. Now another one. I didn't know this. I I did not know in terms of this character because I didn't recognize her. But there's a a pretty big music star (laughs) that was in this, and that was Hiroyuki Sonata's daughter. 
So who was the oh, playing the violin the in the park? Or no, something? no, no. In the hotel, the hotel concierge. Oh, Rina, the hotel concierge. Rina Sawayama has over 400 million plays across streaming services, and her critically acclaimed debut album, Sawayama, ranking over 50 album of the year list in 2020. She's a Japanese-British pop superstar. Oh, that's a neat little aside. I, I didn't no know. Like, so I was clicking through IMDb. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I just didn't know that part, that part. And if anything, too, how they're setting up potentially for another one, she's obviously doing plenty of crossover into acting, and they're setting up for her to be the protagonist potentially in the next one. If her and Donnie Yen could get together and form a John Wick-esque team, mm -hmm. I am here for it. Because here's the thing, and when you look at her IMDb, here are her credits. John Wick Chapter 4, actress, everything else before that, music video. This was her acting debut in terms of big screen stuff. Okay. Uh, she did a TV series of two episodes back in 2019, but in terms of big screen, this was her debut. Other than that, has been music videos. Nice. So pretty Perhaps. good debut in yeah. terms of what she had to pull off. It wasn't just a side role. She had fight sequences. She had to pull off being shot, walking on that as well. And her then dad, dad's dying her in dad's front of her. Dad's dying. Emotional. There. Yeah. So there's a lot of drama there. I like yeah. it. Yeah. The, the casting was great. I love the variety of cast that we got. Uh, also, in terms of casting, Bill Skarsgård. I oh, enjoyed man. Bill Skarsgård <laughs> as like okay. I'm gonna. I renamed you know his <laughs> character Evil Chad. Maybe that's redundant. <laughs> But you kind of had, you know, like kind of a toxic bro, rich boy, you know, oh, yeah. you know, persona. But also brutal. And and very brutal. Whew. And, you know, he would he would say some evil line and that would, you know, make you oh yep, that's right. He's a scary guy. Mm -hmm. And then he would walk off out of the scene and like it happened over and over. I'm like, oh man, that Chad. He's got to get that Chad. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked some of the unexpected stuff, like when He's basically making Mr. Nobody tracker. Oh, yes. When yeah. he's making him basically take an oath to him, and then he stabs him in the hand and says, you can either pull the knife out or, you know, pull your hand back. Kind that of was thing. great. That yeah. was great. Like, that's a brutality type of thing to where it's like, he's not going to F around. We were squirming in the seats. Yeah. I mean, oh, it, I was. It, it was. Big time. Yeah. It was, it was impactful. Yeah. So in terms of villain, I like that as well, but then also like the twist at the end, too, in terms of how they got him back. But I wanted to throw this out in terms of dog. We saw yeah. kind of the the... the Callback to John Wick one. Mm -hmm. yep. Don't mess with his dog. And when John Wick saves Mister Nobody's dog instead of killing him, he had the choice. Yep. How that little moment right there, I was like, oh, that was that was the oh that was moment. Well done. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I liked it. And then how he remembers that too, and the callback to that, yeah, and flipping that up. Yes, I like those little callbacks. Looking forward with this too. What do we think is going to happen? What are do we, they set oh, it up with a post credit scene? I'm not, which, I'm, I'm not ready to go there yet. Are we seeing this as a bigger thing, or is it? They were originally going to film this movie along with John Wick Five, right? That's what do, I remember. They were going to do yeah. them back to back, and they and they didn't. They kind of put it, everything into this movie, three hours long, right? Yeah, so. it is a three hour long movie. I mean, I think definitely they were setting up Kane to kind of be a part of the next thing, and, and we would all welcome that. Well, because more than anything is the world building. Yeah. I think, especially for an action movie, how often do we get world building? We get that in right. fantasy. We get that in sci-fi. We get that in superhero. But in action movie of world building, they've done an incredible job of world building yeah. here yes, to the point have. that I see of the very few negative reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm talking very few because it's a 95% positive on both critic and audience, yep. which says so much for how this movie is being received. Loved. But a few of them are saying negative things on 
the world building or not believable. I'm like, it's not supposed to be yeah. believable and realistic. That's not realistic. It's, oh, did you expect realism? It's supposed to be ridiculous <laughs> yeah. and not realistic. He climbs those <laughs> stairs and battles 127 villains, falls back down the stairs, and is not tired. Right. It's not believable, He falls everybody. off a building onto a van, bounces off of it, and gets back up. Right. Just because he has a Kevlar suit? No. I like the tired example better because I get tired <laughs> walking up five stairs. But I'm well, just, that too. But I'm just saying, like, so that's why if, I, if the one critique I think is, I may have actually turned to Jim and I was like, he's not tired? <laughs> <laughs> We're tired when we put on our skates, Gopher. I, thank you. That's my point. So I was very sympathetic but, with him falling back down the stairs. But if exhausted anything, getting to my seat. But if anything makes me roll my eyes more, yeah. it's when a critic... Is saying about an action movie like this, like this especially, sure. where they built a whole fantasy world of super assassins. No, I, that they say it's not real. Th- I love that it is a fantasy world. I love that, that you can completely step out of. Like, yes. uh, where are all the news crews? What about police? Like, I love that they don't. Just, There's an office even, in the Eiffel Tower. We're not even going to bother <laughs> right. with that. You know what I mean? And and that over the top ridiculousness of this world is something that I think they just did super well. In John Wick Four, and I love this world with a few exceptions. Like it's beautifully mm-hmm. over stylized, over saturated hyper reality. That I mean, to me, I thought this was one of those movies where there was not a scene that I didn't think looked beautiful. I'll take it one step further and say that I just love the idea of the world, not that people are killing each other because of whatever, but right. the fact that there's like a you play tag at school in elementary school. And there's a home base, and you can't be touched. Right. That's what right. the Continental is. The yeah. Continental is home base. You can't. He puts his hand. One of the movies. I can't remember which one. I saw them all at one time. Yeah. He puts his hand on the stairs before he gets basically executed. Like, he's safe now. And if you break those rules, you're kicked out of the game. And they respect <laughs> the rules, except for that one moment. There's still rules, even in this chaotic world. And I love the idea that even in that, with this line of work. There are still rules. There's guardrails. Yeah. And, that's and, and they're pretty gonna, spectacular. Yeah. And it's rather freeing. You know, if I you like think it. About yes. it you a know? rave is going on and it takes forever for the people raving for them to realize, oh, there's a gun sequence Hilarious, going on. Hilarious, by the way. Hilarious. And finally, so like, oh, God. They're like, I'm sorry, but Marshmallow's got a heck of a beat going right now. And like, I know there's people killing each other all around me, but I just can't stop this group. All right. So if you had Homeward Bound, Milo and Otis, and Marshmallow. <laughs> On your bingo card, you have won. All right, it's time to score John Wick Chapter 4, Jeremy Gover. You guys, this is the best of the four films. I could never figure out, there were some bad parts though, I could never figure out the direction of Mr. Nobody. Right? Was he there to kill John Wick or was he there to help him? And I asked that pretty much every time he was on film, he was on, he was on screen. That's a good and a bad thing, right? The good part, of course, is you, you don't really know what his motivations are. But on the other hand, I feel like I was never told, even at the end, even when John Wick saved his dog and he kind of looked at him like, oh, man, thanks for doing me a solid. But he still continued to show up places. And he kept calling about the, he wanted the he wanted the ransom higher. And then it's, he's like, no, it's not high enough yet. To, I, I never understood what his end game was, I guess is what I'm saying. And so, therefore, I feel like that's a major character you introduced and then he didn't pay off okay. at all. So I had a problem with that. Again, not a big problem, but just that's something I noticed. I spent time thinking about that in the theater. But at the end of the day, I loved it, and I cannot wait to go back and see it again. It was that fun. 7.0. 
I really think Keanu Reeves and the people behind John Wick Chapter 4 rode the movie in the sweet spot of that lethal ballet and tales of revenge and honor and friendship and loyalties. That whole mythos was just, I think, really enticing for this movie. It gave it a lot more than just, you know, kill count. It was a beautiful movie to watch. I absolutely enjoyed this movie. My only complaint, and, and I almost can't complain because I still enjoyed the things I'm complaining about. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, occasionally bad guys or John Wick with a conversation with another, they'd be throwing out like almost fortune cookie type phrases back and forth to each other, you know. And you know, those were a little tiresome, but then, you know, a second later, Boom, boom, boom. We've got a great action sequence going on. So I thought this was absolutely by far the best of the John Wick series. And the three hours went by very fast for me. I am giving this within its genre for what it was supposed to do. It was great. And I'm giving it an eight. Mm. Bradford. Like I said, I believe it's action samurai western perfection, especially when you look at today's types of movies with what's a western what's a samurai movie what's an action movie it delivers on everything that you absolutely want and then some and the and then some becomes the story building the lore the world building on it which is something that we just don't get with action movies yes it's a turn your brain off type of thing but you don't have to you can actually get within the story and care and and enjoy the world that has been built like the radio station that they have mm -hmm. their own communication devices the underworld with the homeless there's so many different aspects of the john wick series overall i do believe again this is this is the best one this has amazing fight sequences the stunt performers and stunt coordination if you just look at the people involved it's like over 50 people you see this, and I'm appreciating the fight sequences so much because of what it takes and the work it takes to pull these fight sequences off. It's incredible because how many movies have one or two really good fight sequences? I mean, Shang-Chi has that incredible bus scene, right, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. took them forever to film, yeah. and it's fantastic. The John Wick films have that on steroids five or six times <laughs> in a film. And a lot of times those are in scenes that aren't cut. Right. There's no edits. Right. So you're seeing exactly how they had to do it over a period of time. It's just not a quick edit. Like they had to get a perfect take on all those what thousand moves that are probably in that fight sequence. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. It's incredible to see. And when you see it come together on a film where sometimes you might be looking like, okay, how'd they do this? How'd they do that? Because sometimes out of the critical eye, we're trying to see how things are done, even in a first time and a second time, even more so. But what I enjoyed, too, is the casting on this and getting those supporting acting roles of some big stars in the Asian film industry as well. Mm -hmm. I loved that so much. And the way they're able to tie it all together, let him have his moment, similar to how Bond had his moment yep. in, his, in, his, in Daniel Craig's final film, letting John Wick have his moment in the final of this series that we believe. <laughs> I loved that so much. So uh, this in the entire movie, I wouldn't say I was smiling, but I was enjoying every bit of this film, even the parts that weren't action sequences, the part that's that, that they were leading up to the next action sequence or leading up to the end, knowing closure was coming and how they were going to wrap things up. I know it's difficult, but with how much I loved it so much, I have to give it a nine because Whoa. there's really okay. few things that I can take anything off of. And I, to be fair to my view, 
It's a nine for me. It is. It's a fantastic action film. Fair enough. When was the last time you guys that a fourth movie of a franchise was deemed the best? Uh, How many that, fourth movies have there been? No, has, I mean, has that right. ever had? Well, we I, know Indiana Jones, Crystal Skull doesn't exist. So, okay, okay, yeah. yeah I, not, I, I do doubt we know? it has. I doubt it's happened. I don't think it's ever happened. I don't think there's any movie that's. It was the culmination, a- too. Like, this is a great culmination. With how they did it, they well, approached it, I think, the right way. Sure, but a lot of these four, three, four, fifth installments of the you know of the franchises are cash grabs. We've yeah. seen it with Scream, we've seen it with Halloween, we've seen it with well, those are both horror movies. But but, <laughs> but a ton of people go see those movies and they make a lot of money. Yes, but nobody afterwards goes, yeah, that was the best one. That's right. Well, let's look at the Fast and Furious series. Oh, God, here's this one. <laughs> I can't say it straight. Sorry. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> My favorite is 23. <laughs> All right, we've scored John Wick Chapter 4. It's time to get into the big question. And don't forget, we have the John Wick 3 Blu-ray set that we're going to give away in just moments. But first, what is our question? Our question is... What song, the second you hear it, reminds you of its movie? Well, for me, this is one that it's been used in sports now. It's used in so many different things. But when I say it, and then when you hear it, you'll know exactly why. And that's Battle Without Honor or Humanity. That one. But it was originally... An instrumental piece, a rock instrumental piece by Japanese rock musician Tamiyasu Hote. And it was featured in another film, New Battles Without Honor and Humanity. But it was Quentin Tarantino that brought it over to the U.S. and yeah. made it that. That's what you hear so much when you associate with Kill Bill. Yes. That song right there does it to me all the time. But I hear it so much used in commercials, in sports. I mean, I, I know different sports teams have used it for just that lulling moment before the team takes the, the ice to the field. It's because it's a great driving beat as well. I, it's hard for me to consider it score because it's a song. It's a rock song because the way it features the guitar so heavily as well. That's the song for me. I also have a song that almost psychs you up and it gets used in other places. Sandstorm, Darude. <laughs> uh that is a, a, i would yes my suggestion is replace sandstorm with ride of the valkyries oh. from apocalypse Ooh. now yeah basically the, the helicopter's coming in to save the day and it's the cavalry it's a lookout it is what songs do to change people's motivations in war or competition or anything hearing that beautiful piece of classical music cranking out of the speakers of helicopters that are just going to i mean they're it's psychological terror right there as they're trying to do uh, but it soars, and like there's just something about that that all of a sudden my blood pressure goes up uh, in all the best ways. So, Ride of the Valkyries, love that. That's awesome. Uh, I have kind of a. I think you guys took it the same way, but I want to make sure that I explain how I took this question, which is that I eliminated anything musical score wise. So I eliminated Jaws, right. Star Wars, you know, Imperial March, you know, all that. I'm talking about pop music. Okay, so okay. Uh, so that's how I took it. But I went still a little left of center. I could have went with Footloose from Top Gun or Footloose. 
Footloose from Top Gun. Sorry, that's that got my wires crossed. Right, the Footloose is another one you could put. <laughs> Danger Zone. Sorry, in Top Gun, Chariots of Fire from Chariots of Fire. Of course, you hear those and you you think, oh, like it's, I'm brought back to the movie. Yep. But I went personal and I went with Minefields by the Prodigy from the first Matrix movie. When I heard that soundtrack, I listened through it all the way through, like I always do, at least the first time, and I was stunned by how great it was. And it was an instant re-listen for me for weeks on end. When it comes on, whether it be on Fat of the Land, which is the Prodigy album it was it appeared on, or I hear it in pop culture or whatever the case is, or even hints of it. The first thing I think of is The Matrix. It's the first thing I think of, and therefore that answers the question for me. So my answer is a little bit left to center. It's Minefields by The Prodigy. All right, I think it's time to give away John Wick Blu-rays, first three films, our first giveaway of the Untitled Film Project podcast. That's right, and we did this, Jim. We did this because we thought, okay, what's a really cool way to promote the show and, and kind of extend our reach, of course, but also we want to give back to the community who has been listening to us and subscribed to us and, pay, yeah. and interacts with us and all that stuff on social media and, of course, you know, listens to the show on Spotify or where, where, iHeart, wherever they get their favorite podcasts. So we put together this Blu-ray slash digital bundle. So you're going to get John Wick 1, 2, and 3 on Blu-ray, and then you're going to get digital code as well for all three. So if you collect physical, which we all believe in, then you have that. But if you just collect digital movies, you have that too. So either way, it's a win. We had numerous people come in and 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 qualify, whether it be subscribing to the podcast, following us on Instagram, following us on Twitter, playing the the John Wick 4 bingo card that we did, which was super fun. This is great. Yeah, so we we had a lot of people come our way. We want to thank each and every one of you. We hope we we hope you stick around, even if you didn't win. Our winner at random is Bill Norris. You can follow him on Twitter at B-N-C-H-I-L-E. I believe that's B-N Child, as in like Voodoo Child. 44444 on Twitter. He's from Eugene, Oregon. Bill, we appreciate it. And Bill congratulations. Norris from Oregon? Yeah. He owes me money. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's about to get right. John Wick DVDs out of you. So we thank you, Bill. We'll, Thanks, we'll Bill. reach out and we'll contact you and we'll see how we can ship your Blu-rays for you. So congratulations to him. Thank you, everybody, for participating. We're going to do more of these, so don't yes. go anywhere. We'll bribe you to listen. We love your interaction. <laughs> We're not against it. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm sure you want to weigh in on. Uh, hit us up at Untitled Film Project Podcast on all the socials. <laughs> we hope you've had the time of your life. That's another good one. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project Podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett. The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.